Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Bonova Six. And Father, we're going to continue the conversation we we're having last week, essentially about defense mechanisms, recognizing them in other people, and how to make ourselves more emotionally strong so they come up less. And you were concluding the episode by telling a story about how when you were teaching a crowd about how you were feeling this anxiety coming inside of you and how you were able to recognize it within yourself. And th that story personally resonated with me so much because that's exactly how I felt when we first started recording, <laughs> you know, all that time ago, five years ago, because I had no idea how big this was going to be. Thankfully, it wasn't exactly that big then because I think I got better at this over the last five years. But that whole anxiety of what's going on, things might come out wrong. Am I going to mess up and all that? And ultimately, everything you just said is like, I think what I went through, just focusing on straight, going through enough self-editing of the episodes being like, that's where I messed up. These are the things I want to correct to move forward. And I think that part of it and why it worked, at least in my case, was when I would hear myself make a mistake in editing, obviously there's nothing I can do about it. We already recorded it. I mean, I can delete it out so the audience doesn't hear it, but that doesn't mean I didn't make the mistake. So I could either get super angry at myself or I could try to take a little bit out of the emotional spectrum and saying, this isn't about being a perfect product right now. We're trying our best, obviously, but we want to get better for the future because nothing in life is ever static, kind of one of the general things there. And what I love about the way that we're talking about this here is that we're recognizing that it doesn't need to be static, nor should it be. But we can keep ourselves in a, we can keep ourselves in a state where we always get hyper aroused and can't think straight. We can just use that as an excuse and never do anything about it. And there's certainly, all of us can think of someone we know in our lives that that's the route that they've chosen uh, because changing and becoming better is difficult. And I wanted to, to bring this up here because I, I, I do want to tie it back to what I believe that the, one of the teachings from the churches is about this is, and, and I might misquote the, the notion, but the notion, I might misquote the actual quote, but the notion will be correct. We are called to use our gifts and our abilities to enhance them within ourselves so we can help others around us. Um, there's a lot of different ways that's articulated in the Bible, but that's how I feel. So I feel that this notion is something that while most of us don't ever really spend time in thinking about when we're in that emotional state, like how can I make myself better than this? I'm feeling all this anxiety about being on stage and talking to these people, but I want to be better at it because what I'm going to tell them is important. This actually is going to help their lives. So if I'm sitting here stuttering and stammering, they're going to not get the message because all they're going to hear is the stuttering and the stammering and ultimately on confidence. How can we learn ourselves and take that calling to be better? So father, that was a very long way to try to continue the conversation that we were having <laughs> in the last episode, but it all does come back to that same core question. How do we make this better within ourselves so we we become less of a problem in the future 
And also hopefully in learning that journey within ourselves might be able to help some people catch up to where we're at along it. Yeah, that's uh, that's well said, Joe. And I, I thank you for your own personal sharing and, and probably uh, you, you were starting to give the answer to your question in uh, exploring that development in your own life of moving from a place of more heightened anxiety as uh, you want to do the right thing and be well-received and then uh, gaining, growing in confidence about that and learning from your mistakes and all of that. It's very beautiful. Um, and, you know, the a, a lot of this uh, response to these difficult, overwhelming situations that lead to hyper arousal, either I get super anxious and you know, sort of fight or flight dimensions, angry or anxious, uh, or hypoarousal, which means that I shut down and withdraw and numb out in a variety of ways. Both of those are responses to things that we don't know how to handle. And mm -hmm. uh, that's what they often call trauma now, is uh, something that's an overwhelming experience or a kind of continued, uh, doesn't have to be a single event so much, but the kind of pattern, relational patterns that or get overwhelming for us and we can't handle them. Um, and, and when we're in that place, so all of that happens in uh, what's called the vagus nerve. It actually connects from your, your limbic brain, the back of your brain, all the way down through your heart, through your stomach, into your gut, uh, into your bowels. And hmm. that's where we feel a lot of that stuff. My heart fell. My stomach was in knots. Uh, it scared the crap out of me. You know, mm -hmm. So it's really uh, connected all through. And the vagus nerve can be strengthened, so there is some uh, conditioning there. And uh, as we, that's that's kind of the uh, the principle behind exposure therapy. So as you as you encounter something and you keep encountering it, sort of all the way through, rather than in the anxiety of how huge this thing could be, that you actually stay in the place until you settle down, and you can sort of practice being in a place. And it does have a way of of building up some resilience in your nervous system, you know? So it's just another way of expressing this. And then uh, that resilience can help us to stay in what they call a window of tolerance. So when I say hyper arousal, that's outside of the window of tolerance in the overly excited, excited way, energized mm -hmm. way. Hypo arousal is outside of the window of tolerance in a reduced energy way. And But to stay in that window of tolerance where I can I may have, so I was describing the course that I was teaching and I had some nerves, you might say, I had some anxiety. I was still within my window of tolerance. I could still teach and I, I could still uh, speak clearly and respond to people. Although I was probably a little more on the upper edge of that window of tolerance and was uh, my tendency in that space is to become more uh, energized and more intellectual and uh, then that's that's where I feel safer. I suppose I can kind of lean into my knowledge and intellect and overwhelm people with my complicated sentences, and then I won't <laughs> have to be anxious anymore. Uh, that's so I, I started leaning in that direction at various times, and that, that's not the best of me teaching that. Uh, some of those parts that get anxious that really want to be received are also some of the creative parts and connected parts. There's there's a, a lot of beauty that's there to be shared. And so when I get disconnected from that or start to get disconnected, then the clarity of my teaching and relating my interacting diminishes. So uh, it's good to have that self-awareness. Where are we? And then insofar as I might be in a, 
uh, maybe at the edge of my window of tolerance, or maybe I'm totally out of my window of tolerance, and then I'm I'm dissociating, or I'm I'm hyper hyper aroused, and uh, you know, then uh, there are some grounding techniques that we can use that I was mentioning before, taking some deep breaths. So all of that hyper and hypo arousal, it's all part of the autonomic nervous system. It's the same part of us that makes our heartbeat, and just mm-hmm. as we generally can't. Uh, consciously determine our heartbeat. So we also can't consciously determine these emotional reactions. So it's not just like, oh, there's a a switch over there that you just have to flip that on, flip that off, and then suddenly you're all calm. Um, Doesn't work that way. But one of the ways that we can control our autonomic nervous system or influence it at least is breathing. Normally breathing is a subconscious activity. We're just breathing without thinking about it. But when we intentionally take a deep breath, and then exhale slowly, we're, we're triggering, we're, we're notifying our alert system that there's no danger. Because if there were a danger, we wouldn't be breathing slowly. We would mm-hmm. be breathing quickly. And we would be filling ourselves with a lot of oxygen and, and uh, triggering also uh, adrenaline and ready to fight or ready to fly. So uh, by, by slowly breathing in, breathing out, we have a way of, of uh, recalibrating or, or settling our nervous system. And then another thing is just grounding ourselves, kind of feeling the chair beneath your hands, not sort of gripping it necessarily, but like feeling your feet on the ground. We tend to, when we get into hyperarousal, we tend to go up into our heads and then it's almost like a floating feeling in a certain way. We become a little disembodied. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we sort of lose, I, we, we become kind of hyper-focused and, and lose track of our body. So just sort of doing a body check, feeling our limbs, feeling our feet, feeling the ground. A lot of that has a way of just settling our nervous system. And as we develop some of these feedback loops, then they serve us quite well. We start to notice uh, in even more subtle levels. A lot of times we only notice when we're super jacked up and and it's uh, we can't help but notice my heart is pounding. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, it was actually beating slowly. Uh, it was beating just a little bit faster than normal before it was pounding. <laughs> There, were, there was a, 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 an acceleration process that took place, and we, we can catch these things at earlier levels of, of acceleration. So we can handle the physiology. That's not ultimately the, the goal, although, again, it's the kind of thing that uh, may, may keep us, put us back into a window of tolerance. And then really what we want to do is get at some of the underlying things. What is... Uh, why, why am I so worked up? As I said, the insight that came for me in this course that I was teaching is that, you know, there's really a little boy in me who loves to collect treasures and to share them. And I was feeling anxiety about whether they were actually being received or not. Uh, and I was, uh, that's for a variety of reasons. I was there with uh, my own spiritual father, Father Tom Acklin. And I was there with the students and he kind of validated for me. They were not super responsive even though they were taking in a lot and we were teaching very well, I think I was picking up on some of the lack of response. And so I started to get more, a little more ramped up about all of that. But we can, you know, it's just that self-awareness, paying attention to what's happening inside of us, taking it seriously, not beginning by judging it or condemning it or controlling it, but, but just with some curiosity, wondering what's happening with compassion you know, first of all, we're, uh, none of us is Superman. We're, mm-hmm. we're all uh, weak in different ways and we're all dealing with different stuff. So there's no shame. There's no reason for judgment. And I can just look at, at what's happening and I can give voice to that. And, 
and uh, try to understand what's going on inside. And there's a lot to that. And, you know, I think for those people out there who click favorites on podcasts, this would be a one to do because that was a, a perfect way of recognizing when we are going through the barriers of our, our window of tolerance, as you said there. And I think that one of the things that's very important for us to recognize is that from our own perspective, we all probably think that our window of tolerance is just massive. Like I can handle it, you know, like that, that it's there or you're, 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 let me put it this way. You're going to be on the extreme of one way or the other. Either you're going to internally think that you can't handle anything or you're going to think you can handle it. No one never puts themselves like I'm in the middle um, in, in this kind of category. And what I'm trying to get to with this is that we can kind of detect what people will be able to handle and not handle. Like if we give someone this news, it's going to be a giant problem. So what's better? Just making that news never be told um, or, or actually, you know, doing something about it so that the situation changes or what have you. You might think of this as like, if mom finds out we're going to get in trouble type thing. Like, like, like we, we, we can think about things. And where I want to kind of have an important conversation with is that with our windows of tolerance, you just gave us a great explanation of how we can expand ours. So, the, so that as we're getting to a, a situation that used to be putting our heart exploding, now we can see some, some recognition steps and make it a little bit more within the window so we can answer the situation, address the situation correctly. Where I wanted to get into this is whenever you're in relationships with other people, obviously each of us are bringing our windows of tolerance that can handle different things, just as we all have different skill sets of things that we're better at. But when there are things that we know neither of us can handle and how that can lead into a, a, a relationship blind spot, if you will. But when then each of us then, need, because neither of us can handle the situation, we then are now getting into a spot where both of us are now either going into one of the three options, right? Either both of us are totally shutting down, one of us is getting hyper-aggressive, one of us is shutting down, or both are getting hyper-aggressive. We can see that there's not one of those three situations that end up well um, in terms of solving the underlying problem. So where I wanted to get to this is kind of looking at it as when we're in relationships with people, and again, whether it be a, a marriage or a committee or whatever, you know, how do we handle this type of situation? And, and is it, how do we collectively, I guess is what I'm trying to say here, make our windows of tolerances better? Because inevitably some bad news is going to happen. It happens to everyone. And how can we keep that situation from imploding the entire company, from imploding our family, or what have you? Yeah, it's a great question, Joe, and, and so important for us to uh, work through in relationships, and especially ongoing relationships that uh, we can really help each other to grow in. I think making room for this kind of conversation and and making, you know, removing any of the shame around saying like, oh, I think I'm getting a little bit worked up and, or saying to someone else, are you, are you feeling all right? You seem a little worked up. 
Uh, and, you know, there's no shame around that. We're just observing it and, and we can work through it. What's going on? How are you feeling? Can you put some words? Where are you feeling that in your body? You know, it's your, oh, your heart's beating fast. Okay. You know, or you feel tight in your stomach. Okay. You're feeling a lot of stress in your shoulders. Okay. You know, uh, let's, so we can incorporate that into the conversation without judgment and blame. And that has a way of preventing the kind of feedback loops because I get ashamed because I'm angry. And then I get angry because I'm ashamed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so that uh, feedback loop gets to be problematic. If I can remove the shame dimension and say, okay, so you're angry. Well, what, what are you angry about? Can you tell me what that anger is trying to say? You know, uh, there's something that's important to listen to there. So our acceptance of each other makes a big difference when we're both getting uh, worked up. And those are family systems, you know, relational systems that can develop. One person shuts down and the other person gets more angry, which then Mm -hmm. causes the other person to shut down more. And that uh, combination can be obviously problematic. And so, um, again, introducing, making it safe for the person who's shutting down at some later time, at least to be able to say, you know, when you do this, I really get shut down. Or for the person who's getting angry to say like, well, when I said this, you just shut down. Well, why, why are you shutting down? So if we can understand each other, then we, we can avoid uh, perhaps trampling on each other. And then also, you know, reminding each other to breathe and uh, helping each other to get out of or get back in that window of tolerance. And, and then we may also benefit from some outside help. Sometimes the the dynamic of uh, maybe one person getting upset and the other person shutting down is too hard to actually work out personally. So I need to work with somebody else. That's where a good friend or a therapist or a spiritual director or a confessor or a, a life coach or a variety of other things can be helpful for us to process what I'm going through. And by processing that with a third party, it tends to trigger a little less rather than saying, well, when you got angry, and then of course the person gets defensive about that, uh, mm-hmm. and then it repeats the cycle. So having somebody who's not uh, implicated in the difficulty can be a helpful person to uh, to talk with. And so I think just knowing some of this, being patient with each other, knowing that we're all in processes of growth, we all respond to things in different ways, getting to know the way that our, our friend or a spouse or a business partner or whatever responds to certain, certain things and being able to put some words to that and communicate that. I think all of that is real helpful for, for growing in self-knowledge and, and also growing expanding that window of tolerance. And and that's absolutely great thoughts for us to keep around. Just sit back and reflect upon it. You know, this is where the problem was. And I love that element of saying, we're not here to add to the shame factor. You know, in theory, we, we all have it. We all should be experiencing it because of this situation. And we're not here to press on that wound. It's okay. How can we, we get this to move forward? So, Father, I really appreciate your teachings here. I I love them very much. And I hope that everyone else out there is taking them as well and being able to bring them into their lives, their relationships, their businesses, wherever the case may be. Because this is a big part of whenever they say take the gospel and take it into the world, as they say at the end of Mass, this is a real-world application of this. Learning your window of tolerance and making it stronger, making your relationships, making your groups that you're in collectively stronger. And the relation, the, the conversation Father and I just went through wasn't incredibly difficult or challenging. 
Um, but it's something that no one does. So it feels uncomfortable and we don't do things that feel uncomfortable. And I invite everyone out there this week to think of a spot where maybe we could have this type of reflection with someone who's important to us, a relationship that matters to us and try to instill that with us and in the world. So we thank you all for listening with us and we will be with you again here next week.